0: Welcome to this episode of Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. Have you ever asked yourself, what makes a good storyteller? How can I be a better storyteller? How can I evoke more emotion in my stories and move people with my words? Well, these are questions we all had and took to our interview with Ken Burnett, who is an expert in storytelling and has got years and years of communicating to lots of different audiences over uh, lots of different channels and lots of different messages. And so we thought he'd be the ideal person to ask these questions to. And also um, the main question, I suppose, which is, can storytelling really change the world? Ken Burnett, thank you for uh, contributing to Charity Chat. Hello.
1: It's my pleasure, Sam. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: And we find ourselves in the British Library, which is quite fitting because we're talking about storytelling, aren't we?
1: Absolutely, perfect, perfect choice. And that was accidental, but (laughs) there's also quite a bit of background noise, Sam, so I hope people will hear us all right. I think
0: our listeners are used to hearing background noise, and hopefully these microphones
1: will hold up to uh, to that. To that, okay, good.
0: So, um, I read your book good which for I, you I, I really I,
1: enjoyed I always say that you don't have to read my books I would just like you to buy them but <laughs> but it never quite works like that well, it, was, so. it was bought for me actually uh, by okay. one of the
0: previous, previous previous trustee I think okay. he bought it for me which I think was potentially a reaction to my bad storytelling oh. and uh, and I've typically on my commutes to work I would sit down and read Bernard Cornwell Viking books things like this and I thought, I should probably read something relating to what I do. And I sat down, and I read your book, Storytelling Can Change the World. And I couldn't put it down. And I read it probably within a week of my, kind of, my hour own so commute. And it's brilliant. It's Thank really, you. really great.
1: Well, I think you now have to do the same for some other young... Uh, aspiring storyteller, and give them that. Uh, that gift. I'm just to trying to sell some more so. copies. Oh well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, i
0: buy them. A I'll buy them for Christmas, perhaps.
1: Um, so no, I'm shameless when it comes to self-promotion, but it's only because publishing books in the in the not-for-profit space is um, is not the you know. It, 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 I, I, I sort of say that J.K. Rowling's probably sells more in fifteen minutes than I've sold in fifteen years. But I th- and I think I'm over, I'm exaggerating. I probably haven't done nearly well, as
0: well. And, and maybe it's because I mean I'm you know maybe I was coming at this years ago when I was you know sitting in my office and my fundraising roles or whatever, and I'm, I'm reading things on a daily basis. And I'm thinking the last thing I want to do is go away and read another book about my work, you mm, know. Mm. But actually it was it's a fascinating read because it's about storytelling which is something much more yeah. kind of uh, subtle and interesting and also that kind of underpins all the stuff that we do in fundraising or should mm. be doing in fundraising
1: mm. but also i think that fundraisers gen- generally don't read as much as they should no, I agree. and the difference between a good fundraiser and a great fundraiser I think is invariably that the great fundraiser knows more yeah. and there is access to information. Um, I think a lot of the challenges and problems that have affected our sector over the last few years could have been avoided if people had just taken the trouble to um, get behind the current best practice thinking. And yeah. so, so I think there is a value in the books, but you're absolutely right that the the storytelling area A has been neglected and B is the most fun because we love stories and stories are so human and so um, very personal and so endless uh, that um, there's never a dull moment if you wake up one morning and realise that actually what I do for a living is I tell stories. how How great is that? And I think we in the, in the not-for-profits, I hate not-for-profit because it's about what we're not for, but it's, sure. I think we're in the change the world sector. I like that, yeah. But we have the best stories in the world to tell, mm-hmm. and we have the best of reasons for telling them, and all we have to do is tell them with power and passion and commitment and, and belief mm-hmm. that will move people to action, And then you've got the perfect fundraising equation. Because I do think that the public is a bit resistant to repeated asking. Sure. That charities have got themselves into a paradigm of the way to raise more money is to ask more people more often to give more. Yeah. Whereas actually we're in the inspiration business and you do that much more easily with storytelling than you do with repeated asking so it's great this is now yeah. is the time and I, I think we're seeing storytelling coming up the agenda not coming mm-hmm. up the agenda but getting put right to the top of the agenda the problem with most charities is that they don't train people in the area they underinvest in it mm. and they under equip the people who work for them not just in storytelling skills but in the opportunities to get their hands dirty, get into the project work um, which you need to do if you're going to tell stories And, and if you do the stories kind of leap out at you.
0: is it a skill that you can teach
1: everybody do you think
0: or is it something that you are there are people out there that are particularly good at storytelling that you want to bring into your organization if you're a charity or
1: I think if I were recruiting I would look for the qualities that make a great storyteller mm-hmm. and a, probably the most the most important of these is passionate enthusiasm yeah um, I, I, there's a famous American Uh, copywriter called Bruce Barton who who said the best gift you can give your child is passionate enthusiasm and I I really believe that but I do think that anybody can be a good storyteller Mm. and um, the key to that is that you have to be real yeah it's about being you it's about well the the trouble is that when people see Or hear a great storyteller Mm. and I think sometimes you have to see the storyteller as well as to hear them yeah but when they see and hear a great storyteller they think oh um, I could never do that or Mm. I must try to do it the way that he or she did it and so they cease to be themselves and they Mm. start putting on an act and in my view the key to being great uh, to being a good competent storyteller is it's all about the truth told well and you can only do that if you don't put up artifice but mm. you are yourself so sure. if you're honest and you tell your story in the best way you can yeah. Almost always it will work and my business partner Alan Clayton and I, we have seen this because we've run lots of courses and on the last day of our three day courses we invariably set a challenge for the delegates on the course, that they all have to stand up in front of a roaring log fire and they have to tell a story to their assembly. That they assembled
0: about their organization it or can their, be their about
1: cause or most often it will be about their cause but yeah. sometimes it's about their lives they're given complete carte blanche that five minutes it's quite nerve wracking sometimes people do get quite worried about it but we, <laughs> we give them support and you're in front of friends yeah but I do think that all fundraisers should practice the art of standing up in front of an audience what we find is that invariably people who think they can't do it yeah um, if they put their heart and soul into it they will do it very well in fact Mm. it's often quite humbling because complete amateur storytellers will sometimes really knock your socks off i've seen situations where i've been chairing this session and after three or four i've been Stopping and sending out for hankies because oh, wow. you know so much emotion in the room. Yeah. Now that is great and what that shows is that people find this strength within themselves mm. and when you when you stand up in front of an audience and tell a moving story and you can see the impact of that it's a fantastic feeling so yeah. people get a sense of satisfaction pride and enjoyment and you know it is equipping them for mm. and for something that really they need to have in their repertoire of skills to to do their job. But the fact that so many people who come on our courses have never done anything like that before Mm. indicates how far we've got to go in our organisations to put storytelling in in its right place. Anybody can be a good storyteller. I do think that some people will be more natural at it than others. Sure. Some people will um, just be better at it than others. Some people you can recognize quickly are, have the capacity, the potential to be really a great storyteller yeah. and that is priceless because I do think it is one of the most valuable personal and business skills, mm. from entertaining, being a good guest at dinner parties, <laughs> to doing stand-up in a pub in King's Cross, which my eldest son has done. Oh really? Uh, yeah Blimey. Uh, Scary, scary, <laughs> scary. Um, but you know, you can do that kind yeah. of thing yeah. if you practice the art and craft of a storytelling. <laughs>
0: And the content of those stories, when it comes to um, people talking about their charities, whether a fundraiser or whatever, I suppose it's, going back to your book and the things that I took from that, it's about talking about, you know, not your day-to-day, you know, I I sit at my desk and I work behind a computer and I do the spreadsheets and things like that. It's going back and always talking about the people that you're helping and the reason that you're doing your job. And hopefully that also would give you some passion just talking about it.
1: Absolutely, and I I think what you're talking about is the why. Yes. So most of our organisations focus on the what and the how, which is what they do and how they do it, Mm -hmm. and they can be endlessly boring in terms of their annual reports and their documentation, and, you know, sometimes they won't mention the donor or the cause in the whole document. Yeah. So what you need to do is to focus on why, why is it that people think that what we do is important. Why, why should they give their slender resources to support our cause? Now, I, I think this is an area where the not-for-profit sector, the charity sector, the change the world sector, underinvests in equipping its people with resources. So take, for example, a field I'm very familiar with, which is international development. Sure. In most organizations, you have to have been in the, in the organization for quite some time before they'll think about sending you out to the projects. Yeah. But in my view, you can't be a fundraiser without having not just seen the projects, but smelled First and experience. tasted yeah. and felt yeah. the projects. And sure. you know, I've been lucky enough with many of the organizations that I work with to have traveled some of the most interesting difficult environments in the world, yeah. worked with some of the most fabulously inspirational people mm-hmm. and I've seen it firsthand the great stuff that our organizations do yeah. and when you do that literally I find stories jump out at you, they are, they are there, that you don't really have to dig very far. Um, obviously we don't all work for international development charities we're all not all working in life and death situations but mm. mostly charities deal with drama they deal with human interest human situations that lend themselves to um, the telling of stories and yeah. almost always it's about turning adversity into advantage mm. and, and uh, helping people to um, to, to realize their potential within and this makes great stories and I, I'm a firm believer that from the donors perspective what they want to know very quickly I think two things um, did my gift make a difference mm. so they want you to tell them how their gift made a difference not in superlatives but in actual practical examples sure of the the change in the life of one specific individual yeah and then uh, I think they also you know want to know in a sense um they want to get a personal sense of satisfaction what's in it for me Mm. that may not be articulated in the donor's mind but very quickly they want to get that information and so getting back to people with stories um, of what their gifts have achieved yeah to me seems the the primary function of a fundraiser yeah. and our sector is very poor at feedback and feedback is it's it's not sending a receipt mm. to say um, you know thank you for your, um, your ten pounds pounds 50 or whatever, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know we couldn't do without you kind of yeah. thing I'm a great believer in saying thank you to a donor appropriately but to me thank you is not about um the act of thanking yeah it's about going back to people and saying we have used your gift Mm. quickly and appropriately to do what you wanted us to do and if you were able to see for yourself what i'm going to tell you about Mm. you would realize what what a fantastic thing you have done donors love that but we don't do it and we wonder why our renewal rates are so poor and why people give and then disappear, yeah. and in part it's because we don't tell our stories well enough. I'm a great believer in reciprocity, mm. I believe, um, and I have a story which I tell about my my first fundraising lesson when I was seven years I old, remember it's this. on my website, yeah. Yeah. Right. and um you know, so I think we have to give mm. as much as we get. Sure. Give, give is, it's not you give, we take. Yeah. It's a two-way process, and we give by the stories that we, that we tell. Mm. So, this should require um, proper <laughs> investment in the skills of the storyteller. Yeah. Now, I find that the I word, investment, Is the one that gets most charity leadership (laughs) heading for the hills and it's so foolish it's such a false economy yeah Um, so I would love to see changes in that Mm. and I think that was what prompted me to write my book storytelling can change the world because I do believe it can change the world yeah and it's why I think that book is probably more important than any of the other books that I have written although mm. I'm sure it won't have the same impact as relationship fundraising for example but it should do yes. and um, I know you know one of the problems with storytelling is that it's been around since the the, the it's, yes yeah. it's you know everybody thinks they know all there is to know about it and so they think oh that and that's a mistake. Mm. Um, that's an arrogance. That's an assumption that I think will cost people dearly. Yeah. And I'm sure the causes that prosper in the future will be those that are, that institutionalize storytelling that, that make sure that um, they have got a great bank of, of accessible stories mm. that are adaptable uh, so that people from all over the organization can consistently present the dream yeah. which is what we want donors to have the dream of it you know nobody ever gave money for things to remain the same it's no. all about change that needs to be done fundraising is not about money mm. it's about work that needs doing yeah if you start by asking for money you won't get it and you won't deserve it and i firmly believe that
0: All the advance in technology and you know social media and emails and all this kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of noise out there, I suppose. So yeah. how how do how do you get the stories to cut through that That's to the people very, you're trying to trying to get to?
1: Well, I'm perplexed by that as much as anybody else. I think we live in a world where everything is very disposable, mm. where. Um, the use of language has become largely debased where more worrying the, the the use of truthfulness the yeah. use of um the use of honesty mm. um so i think that the all of this means that you have to work harder yeah and um, this is not an easy uh, thing it's not something that can just be dashed off or Delegated to people who don't have the abilities. So this is something that you need to to work hard at. And I think you you know more, more than a strategy, you need to have a culture. Mm. So I think you need to become a storytelling organization that has storytelling within its DNA. Yeah. Um. I think it's worth practicing to get very good at it. Um. And we do have to learn to tell stories very concisely mm. in however many characters Twitter is allowing us now <laughs> you might have to um, work out how to get your why across very very succinctly yeah so all of that can be quite a good discipline I certainly would advise people to work at their grammar structure um, uh, the, the content the accuracy mm. and the reliability giving to a charity depends on trust and confidence. Yeah. That trust and confidence has had a fairly big battering of late. It's not helped by people who can't punctuate or have no yeah. grasp of grammar. Yeah. So these things actually matter and they matter I think more nowadays not less. Mm. So how would you think uh, that you can get away with cutting corners in this area? That—that that is, that is the trouble. Yeah. To me, you can get an advantage, because so many people in so many organizations do it badly, Mm -hmm. That if you decide and set your your heart to doing it well, you can gain a competitive advantage, and very soon, your donors, your supporters, will recognize Mm. that yours is an organization that tells the truth, that tells it well, and that they want to hear from and above all we as fundraisers we need to get people to want to hear from us yeah and not to feel that they want to cross the road oh (laughs) blimey it's a a fundraiser and you must uh, sam you must have found at dinner parties when you say to people you know that inevitable question what do you do for a living yeah and you say I'm a fundraiser and you see these (laughs) crestfallen faces and suddenly people are making excuses to leave the room. It's like being an insurance salesman. We've got to change that. And, And one way that we can do that is telling stories better.
0: people like stories don't they just on a a personal level and we'll talk about it earlier you know my friends and I our friendships exist because of the stories we tell each other Really, you know it certainly keeps us in touch with each other
1: no I think people people love stories and there is an unquenchable appetite for Mm. good stories a really good story will silence a room yeah you will have that you could hear a pin drop you will have that emotion. Now, now that, that brings me to another subject, which is possibly even bigger than just the mechanic of storytelling, is the whole question of how we use and sometimes misuse emotion. Right. And emotion, is, you know, you have to recognize that giving is not a logical thing. Why, I have scarce resources. I need all the money. I can get. Yeah. Why would I give any of it away to people on the far side of the planet sure. who I've never met? Well, actually, I believe people need to give as much as they give to need. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've we've got to cultivate that that giving, uh, that that story storytelling compassion capacity, capacity. But we do it through the use. Of emotional storytelling because mm. giving is not logical it is a re- an emotional reaction to a, uh, a perceived need yeah and once that is presented well the impact of it is far far more powerful than any logical argument mm. and you can tell that when you've been uh, watching a movie and and, and something happens and there's not a dry eye in the house absolutely yeah that that's the kind of now we've got those stories to tell and we've got them in abundance yeah and, um, the capacity to present those but again emotion is one of those subjects that we've not invested in mm. it's exceptionally complex it's an emerging field if if you've studied neuroscience at all uh or we, we've all dabbled yeah. at our toes in this yeah yeah um there's great potential for learning and i i do believe we're in the early stages of that adventure but who in our organizations is earmarking resources to invest appropriately Mm. in understanding and making good use of emotion the other factor about emotion of course is that the public are very um, leery they're very apprehensive about the potential for abuse of emotion and there is no doubt that that is possible and that charities have crossed the line in that Mm, area in the past so I think again it's incumbent upon us to, to elevate emotion and to discuss it in our conferences, mm. to I've just produced Project 6 for the Commission of the Do- on the Donor Experience. Yeah. Um, and Project 6 is the use and misuse of emotion. Right. And it had... I had 30 individuals from around the world contributing content to that project. It's the largest of all the Commission's projects by quite a long way. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I think... Uh, is in its infancy, it's still a work in progress. But actually that project came up with 72 individual recommendations for -for not-for-profit organisations in terms of how you can improve the donor's experience Mm. of our causes by using emotion better and responsibly and responsibly absolutely and I think we are entering uh, what the magazine Civil Society call the era of responsible fundraising Mm -hmm. all the regulation is pointing us in that direction Uh, everything to do with public reactions to the the media exposés of recent years is pointing us towards that So, so I think we have to we have to be responsible fundraisers mm. and managing emotion responsibly, responsibly is the core of that. If
0: you, if you hear a story and you feel emotional one way or the other, then arguably would that be, would that be a good criteria well, think, for think, a good story? I, I think it
1: would be. and more, more accurately, or at least as accurately, would be to say if you don't feel an emotional reaction... Um, you know, a story without emotion is like a, a day without sunshine. Uh, if you have, or a meal without wine. Uh, if you haven't managed to convey some emotion, yeah, and that's why the what I was saying earlier about um, passionate belief and, yeah. and enthusiasm. Uh, you know, And often it's, ha- it's in how you present these things mm. that amplifies the emotional content of the story itself.
0: And there's, there are things in your book, about in the storytelling book, but also that I've heard elsewhere around um, writing direct mail, for example, yes. where to get number of people involved in that process and everybody in, involved in writing a direct mail letter, then inevitably they cut the corners and the interesting bits out and then you're left with something that is less emotional or less interesting to the person you're sending it to yeah. so it's important I, I, I that individuals kind of try and find the, their own voice and, and and
1: well i mean i think you've hit a real challenge for those among us who write for charities for a living who are professional copywriters and most of my working life has been in an agency and most of my time has been spent writing copy for clients Mm. and the great problem or the two great problems that i think you can have with your original story is one that it has to pass before it gets into the public domain it has to pass through the hands of a client who whose immediate initial reaction may well be to sack out the emotion because emotion makes them feel uncomfortable yeah and it's not a charity's job to make people comfortable because comfortable people do nothing mm. uh, we need to not distress people but we do need to make them feel them. Yeah. this is something that is wrong this is something i need Absolutely. to do something about and it's not an abstract thing that's happening in the distance this no. is something i can do something about right now to me Writing direct mail is one person writing to another person about something that needs doing and mm. saying, look, we both care about this together, we can, we can make a difference. If it goes through the kind of organizational sausage salami slicing machine <laughs> that you get, yeah. it can be terribly dispiriting. Yeah. Um, so again, I think educating people in terms of what makes good communication. Communication is the core of the fundraiser's art. Communication is getting through and information is putting out. Yes. Our organisations put out huge amounts of information that goes nowhere and very little communication that gets through. Mm -hmm. So that should be something that we train and equip our people in... uh, more than anything because that's that's what really matters how can listeners find out more about storytelling well um, the obvious answer to that is they can buy my book (laughs) Um, but I think without being too personally um, involved in this um, I think the key to great storytelling is to practice yeah and be prepared to learn from mistakes mm-hmm. you know I think be bold um, stretch your yourself but again I would like to emphasise be, being real there are conferences now in the United States there's an annual storytelling conference so you can go along to that I never have by right. myself but you know and probably never will but um, but you can do that Yeah. Um, I, th- I think what people need to do is to study the great writers and I mentioned several who I think are worth reading but that's a personal thing you know I like writers who are not over flowery Mm. who don't are not trying to impress with long words but who write have the capacity to write in short, simple, everyday English yeah. uh, and get their message through, mm. rather than wrapping it up in convoluted terms and description that actually gets in the way of the message. So, so my, my take on who is a good writer might well be different from a lot of other people, mm. but there are many... Truly great storytelling writers, and it's worth getting a hold of a list of those and just just studying them. I mean, yeah. I personally like the the great advertising copywriters like John Caples and David Ogilvy, and um, you know, I, I uh, recently there was a, uh, a thing on Facebook about the great fundraising copywriters of all time. There's a lot of really good fundraising. Copywriters, and I mentioned Sophie, which is a showcase of yes, fine yes. information and information. Sophie.org, S-O-F-I-I.org, mm-hmm. and they have um, fine writing uh, showcase. They have areas where you can go to for great advice on communicating by direct mail or through publications or sure. um, a variety of different uh, means. And they profile a number of the great writers, and so. Um, I think success will come to those who are prepared to do their homework yeah. um, but I would, I would simply advise people to just go out and do it because doing it is probably the best way to familiarise yourself and to learn, you know, you kind of learn on the job, you learn on the hoof and yeah. you study people's reactions. It's not so much about what you are saying, It's communication is about how somebody is receiving yeah. and that the ability to pick up nuances from your audience and mm. to realise the impact, the power of words actually, uh, that I think is perhaps the greatest skill that a fundraiser can get. Uh, To influence their ability to tell a good
0: story. Ken Burnett, thank you so much for contributing to Charity Chat.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me, Sam.
0: There we go, listeners. That was Ken Burnett talking about storytelling. I, for one, found that very interesting, and I hope you did as well. And uh, I'll be employing a lot of what he said in my own storytelling abilities. So, uh, Hopefully uh, that'll improve things. And, uh, yeah, just to thank our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Aksumit for beautiful website design, which you can see at charitychat.org.uk, Forest of Fools for providing our soundtrack for the shows. Thanks, guys, for doing that. And finally, RR Yard Photography for the pro bono images that are also on our website, charitychat.org.uk. Do have a look at the website. We'd love to hear from you as well if you have any queries about this episode or any previous episodes of our podcast or if you have any ideas or suggestions about future episodes please do get in touch and all of our contact information is on our website thirdtimecharitychat.org.uk so uh, yeah for now it's just left to me to say thank you so much for listening thank you for supporting us and uh, speak to you next time Bye bye